Welcome to Humanity Evolve with your host, Catherine Calarco. This program will bring your life, family, and community together by focusing on the new technologies and innovations that define your world in an open and relaxed forum of ideas and discussion. Now, here is Catherine Calarco. Welcome to the show. This is Catherine Calarco from Humanity Evolve, and today's guest is Hillary Hendershot. We are going to be talking about financial freedom, rewire your money brain, and and create abundance. Now, why about this? So, the our goal on this show is to connect you with wisdom from experts who authentically convey their lessons and learnings for you, so that you can increase your own uh, your own life, your family's life and the community around you to make it a better world. It's as simple as combining technology, wisdom, and our inner power to make you feel better, live better, and enjoy uh, the life that you have. And I believe that all of us have a gift. Each of us have something that we need to share with this world and actually bring to light within ourselves. And so as part of that seed of light, one of the aspects of our life is money. And we often don't talk about it or it's often a cause of great stress and So there's a lot of baggage around it. And so our discussion today is really about how Hillary rewired her money mind to become financially free and how she's sharing this knowledge with us. And so we pull back the curtain and reveal what some of the wealthiest women and some of the women who have actually achieved and overcome great challenges to create more abundance in their lives, how they've done that. So a little background on Hillary. I I met Hillary at this amazing event. Uh, It was... Was a, 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 the the book was a talk about uh, the Athena Doctrine, and and it was uh, with uh, Wendy. And she runs TEDx here in the um, the Sand Hill or one of the TEDx events. Anyway, so Hillary and I sat next to each other and we were talking about money and family and wealth. And I just remembered how insightful and how deep that was and how she was personally dedicated to really making a difference for women and helping them to create more wealth. And Hillary has, uh, she's founder of Hillary Hendershot Wealth Management. She's a leading financial advisor firm for women. Her mission is to motivate women to be financially empowered. She has more more than 15 years of experience with this and has her own host. She owns, she hosts her own radio show called Profit Boss Radio, a weekly podcast. She's also a certified financial planner. She's a TEDx speaker and featured on Wall Street Journal, NBC, ABC, Fox, and has also been identified as a financial expert in the Silicon Valley for the NBC Evening News, where they call her the investor's voice of reason. Hillary, it's so wonderful to have you on the show today. Please tell us, uh, you know, welcome aboard and please tell us a little bit more about you and, and what's happening and, and how you've actually come into this great journey of creating abundance for more people. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for that introduction. I'm blushing. Um, and it's been amazing to connect with you. You truly are a thought leader. I'm just really honored to have and blessed really to have found a role in life that fulfills and inspires me on a daily basis. And, you know, I am almost spiritual about <laughs> money. And, uh, you know, and I really think that money is kind of the last frontier for feminism. And I 
as women, you know, we're making our way into the boardroom and into the C-suite and, you know, we're finding ways to be moms and be executives and earn more than our spouses or earn less than our spouses and be married to men or women or whoever we want to be married <laughs> to. Um, and and yet there's this dark corner that we that often goes unexamined. We're far more likely to talk to our best girlfriends about sex than we are to talk about money. Huh. And money in some circles is still very taboo to talk about. Um, if, if, if you're actually getting into any kind of personal details or anything like that. And so uh, I think that that assumption or that mindset really hinders us. And I'm really all about, let's do what we women do best, stand shoulder to shoulder and support ourselves to um, each woman in her own right to earn and preserve and steward wealth so that we can be free of financial stress and mm. the, the niggling in, in the mind that is constantly present and taking us out of being our best selves in the world when, you know, we don't know this month if we can pay the bills or we don't know if we're saving enough for our future. And so I'm just all about that empowered conversation to step into our own rights around wealth. Wow, thank you. Because I think that you're absolutely correct. Stress is, and is is and money kind of go together in a lot of situations. It, cause, <laughs> it causes, and I think it's almost like this burden. I mean, it almost is a projected thing. Like it's actually not real that we have that. You know, like we worry more than what is what is necessary in some ways. You know, and I also think it's it's often a focal point that is, gets permission to cause conflict or strife or discord or you know is the is often uh, impacts relationships. So, you know, Hillary, how did you come to this? I mean, what what was the insight or the your story associated with with mm. with illuminating this and becoming part of this movement? Yeah, so it's really three pronged, okay, and I'll tell it in succinctly. So first, I had a traditional upbringing, professional upbringing into the financial planning industry. I was brought into a successful firm by my father as his business continuation plan. So I got my certified financial planner designation and got right to work uh, supporting millionaires and multimillionaires, really, to have successful uh, retirement uh, retirements. And so at the same time, I'm interacting with other professionals in my industry. At that time, I'm in my 20s. My father is in his late 50s or early 60s. And his colleagues and the people that I'm going to conferences with and seeing around town, right, like my, my fellow financial advisors are all you know, forgive me, but old white men. And I really felt at the same time, they were very, in my opinion, diminutizing to me, sort of pat me on the back and say, oh, little girl, aren't you lucky your daddy brought you into the business? Mm -hmm. Does he let you speak to clients? Like, you know, really, um, uh, you know, I I had one of them actually say to me, and I'm in my late 20s at this time, says to me, you're built like an 18 year old. I don't know what that means. I really don't know what that meant. But why is he? Why? Why is he commenting like that? Right? So, and 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 in my industry, there's all this dialogue about the data says that women are coming into possession of a trillion dollars of decision power around wealth because exactly. women are inheriting and, and getting possession of all this money. And so financial planners are, are salivating about right. this data. And, you know, it just I'm looking at this going, this hurts my heart 
to know mm. that the same men who treat me this way are the ones who want to sit across the table from from women and advise them around their wealth. And I thought, I can do this. Like, I right. can be that person. I can be both compassionate and supportive and empowered and empowering. And so, um, and so I, I say, you know, I didn't declare a niche in my business. The, the niche kind of declared me. And I, I just think that women, you know, I said it earlier, we do our best work in community with one another. And so I'm re really rethinking the way financial services are delivered. He, uh, until now, it's all been knee to knee and eyeball to eyeball with your financial advisor alone in a room. And I just really think that women can support each other and do it shoulder to shoulder. And so I'm right. creating ways to do that. Um, and then and then one, I said three prongs. So that's the, that's the first and the second prong. And the third is really my own financial transformation. I was a chronic overspender. So at the same time, I'm a certified financial planner. I had tens of thousands of dollars of credit card debt. I had a BMW convertible that the credit union owned. And I had a condo at the beginning of the financial crisis that went from $400,000 of value to 200000 Oh, gosh. <laughs> and um, and yeah. just, uh, so it all came to a head for me. And, you know, I had the opportunity either let this thing beat me or I'm going to beat it. And, you right. know, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. So exactly. I really got to the root of and became an expert on behavioral finance and, and neuropsychology and created and trademarked this distinction I call the money operating system. So your computer has an operating system that informs everything that it does. And you have a money operating system that informs everything you do about money. And I sort of was able to transcend my own through a series of, um, of basically processes, like things I was doing in reality as well as mindset shifts. And now I teach those. Okay. Mm. So all of those three things really inform where I am now with the company and the coaching and, uh, and, and all the things that I'm doing in the media and whatnot. But, you know, the message is consistent and I, I call myself a, uh, a judgment free zone. So it's like, right. wherever you are about money, Believe me, honey, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been there and I'm I, and back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like smart people are broke and don't want to be, and yeah. and really uneducated people are are often wealthy. And so it's not like intentions or education or intelligence that predetermines financial yeah. success. So exactly, um, it really is your psychology. Yeah, and what's interesting about that, I mean, you, you talk about the three areas, you know, your background, you've actually got this depth and you had experiences of where there was this inequity or disequity or, or in a way, almost a misunderstanding or, or a judgment associated with women. And yet there was this sort of predatory sense that, oh, wow, all these women have money. Let's go get it. Right. And the second. Oh, my phase- gosh, that <laughs> word you said just gave me chills. Yes, I felt it was predatory. Thank you for giving that a, a word. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, you know, when you said it, that's what I thought of is, like, oh, my. Oh my gosh, and the, and this and the second thing is really that you were, you were in, you live this right. You actually went through this aspect of it, and you became, you learned by actually experiencing it yourself, and and having to go through this process. And the and 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 I love what you said about authentic because I think what's really important with women or anyone, especially with finances, and especially based on what has happened in the last decade, is it really you need to find people who are authentic and really out for your best interest, right? And you can genuinely genuinely trust them. And, and and I think that's super important and you kind of you engender that. And I think what's also important about that aspect is that 
is that there is a sense of community. You know, let let's help each other out. And the and the last part that you really did is I think is fascinating is you went into the behavior science, you went into the neuropsychology and really unbundled that, un un uh, untwined that from the sense of the financial processes and and sort of the the uh, models associated with making money to the behaviors and neuroscience that don't make sense. And so you actually learn to align those neuroscience aspects with the roadmaps to create more abundance. And the last bit that I think is so fundamental is no judgment. Absolutely. Remove the judgment because people, success is not determined by the amount of money in your wallet and neither is happiness. But you don't have to live in pain and suffering or lack of or need or scarcity or 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 if you are in in an abundance situation, how can you actually align who you are more with the, the abundance in your life? So I think those are all, that's an excellent uh, sort of triptych associated with the life journey and how you ended up here. (laughs) Well, I have so many people come to see me who say, oh, Hillary, for years I went to see either my husband's financial advisor or my father's financial advisor. And, you know, every time I went into that office, it felt like, you know, I was seven years old Mm -hmm. and the financial advisor was either patting me on the shoulder or sort of wrapping me on the knuckles and saying either good job, little girl, or well, you really need need to do better little girl and you know Hillary it's just really not like that with you and so that's why it says on my website I'm not your father's financial advisor I'm yours (laughs) (laughs) it's like what is the point of all this condescension when you know uh, nine times out of the ten that financial advisor has a less successful financial life than you do (laughs) yeah I know if you don't it's surprising how how much when you start to really get to know people how many people have had serious issues and you wouldn't know it right and you just wonder how much pressure that puts in their life and and how can what can we do to support each other and it's interesting like not all you know like my my dad and mom have had a financial advisor for years that have, and he's amazing and now he helps he helps the rest of our family out and he's he's phenomenal because he actually embodies that spirit you know that that essence of look I'm here to help you know, I'm, I'm here to be conservative and help you to achieve your investment goals, you know, and he's done very well for, for our family. And you, you just value that, you you value those people. And I, I love you, what you put on your website, you know, can you talk a little bit about the statements that you said on what I believe? Well, well sure. Give me just a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we only have like a few minutes left in this segment, but yes, please. Well, I think it's like, it goes with what I said about no matter where you're at, either I know someone who's been there or I've been there myself. And I think when I speak to possibility and, you know, in my industry, because being a financial advisor, you have to have a head for numbers, but I really have this vision for possibility. And so when I talk about what I believe, it's designed to really speak to that woman who might be resigned or cynical or angry at herself or deeply regretful about the past and give that person a vision. So it's like, yeah, I do believe you can be financially free no matter where you are starting. And I think that the purpose of having money isn't just to amass numbers that wealth is actually a measure of well-being, right? Like you you have a spiritual life, a financial life, and a, and a health or like a nutritional life. Um, and so you need all three of those to be completely uh, to be completely satisfied in life, but you do need the financial piece and it can be so tempting to ignore it or dismiss it like money isn't important, but it really is the way we've designed this society. You have to have money <laughs> in order to be long-term healthy. And 
um, you know, money really creates options and gives you better options. And so, hey, I'm all about having more choices in life. Um, and I and and I believe, I honestly believe that no matter where you are right now, you can have economic independence. So I put a lot of that on my website in the hopes that it will inspire someone who maybe is um, is not seeing that vision right, right. now. Right. <laughs> and I think that is important to actually have that sense of hope and that, that sense that there's, you know, you write about how there's enough in the world for all. Like there's, there's a, and, and I really resonate with that in the sense that, you know, and you can achieve what you, and, and the world will show up for you. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you don't need, may not need a lot, but what you do need is to, is to take the stress away from your, from your life and find a way to do that. So we have a few minutes before the break. So Hillary, can you give a couple of insights into what you did to kind of rest- get out of that debt situation and the situation you found yourself into? What did you personally do? You bet. So I think the first and, and deciding factor is really to decide. And by decide, decide has the same root word as like homicide and genocide. It means to kill off an alternative. And I killed off the possibility that my life was going to be tainted with financial destruction. Like mm-hmm. I was where I was and I had the debt that I had. And I just said, look it, my life ain't going this way. This right. is not my future. Okay. So whatever I'm doing, I'm going to like, I don't care what I have to unwind, unravel, be truthful about reveal to people I don't care I'm done right. um, I'm this done is over. with this yeah like that yeah. It's, and that's a really critical part and I find so many women specific okay all genders both genders um, but so many people just don't take that step of deciding they're, they're, they're sort of mishy mashy wandering around and do I really want to pay attention to money like I don't want to be beholden to this accountability no you have to decide to bring financial freedom into your life financial right. abundance um, and then and I really work with people to uh, ascertain what is your money operating system, what are the scripts, superstitions, and strongly held beliefs that uh, contextualize your relationship to money, what are, is the pattern of behaviors that you have in place that support those beliefs, and then which of those which of those resu- patterns of behaviors create results that you're committed to, and let's leave behind the ones that create results you aren't committed to. And it really is that straightforward, except for... When it comes to money, you have to constantly put yourself in situations that have you bump up against a reality that you didn't know was true before you took on this transformation of yours. So that's really what it is, is about putting truths in front of you that challenge that's those superstitions and strongly held beliefs. And that may sound really intangible, but I mean, literally as tangible as checking your bank account balances every day. And people who have financial drama don't or won't do that. And so mm. I make people do that like we have to be intimately involved <laughs> right. with the numbers <laughs> right exactly I mean I love that you know decide know your operating system understand how it drives behavior and then commit to a, a new format of operating so we we need to go to break so this has been super exciting I, I hope that everyone out there has gotten something out of this little process that we've unveiled after we come back after the break we're going to talk a lot about examples of this process some of the learnings that she's that Hillary has gained from you know the mindsets of those who have created abundance and then we're going to take a deeper dive later on in terms of some of the things that you can do today so please come back after the break with our amazing sponsor aspire.io which is another means to help you manage your stress in the moment and enable you to make wise decisions moving forward with money we'll be back right after the break this is Catherine Calarco with Hillary Hendershot on Humanity Evolve 
Looking to reduce stress, practice mindfulness, or improve performance? Spire is the only breath and activity tracker proven to decrease your stress by measuring and helping you guide your breathing all day. Spire discreetly provides real-time feedback and notifies you when you are breathing tense. Then, it provides training guides to reset your system to a calm or focused state. It tracks your state all day. Spire is recommended by doctors and mental health professionals worldwide. Visit Spire.io or Amazon.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. This is Humanity Evolve with Katherine Colarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccolarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Welcome back. This is Catherine Calarco, and I am joined today by Hillary Hendershot, and we're talking about your money mind and how to create abundance. And just before the break, we went through three sort of processes or three phases that Hillary went through when she actually recovered from her, uh, the learnings that she, and the insights that she gained when she had the financial struggles. And now she's sharing it with others and really infusing that with the neuropsychology and, and behavioral science aspect of it. Hillary, I'd love to hear some examples. So, you know, like, tell us about some of the, the women's and what the, how they've transformed or some of their, uh, you know, how to wealthy, how the minds work for wealthier women, things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's start with um, some of what you might call a destructive money operating system. So I worked with a business owner who had the money operating system. There's never enough money. And what she discovered was that she actually had feelings attached to money in certain forms. For example, when she would receive a check from a client, she felt rich. Now, in fact, what was happening is she had a piece of paper on her desk called a check, right? And she felt rich. And when she would deposit it into her bank account, she felt that she had lost it, okay? And what you know, yeah, you know that the money isn't hers until it's in her bank account. So she had this stack of checks sitting on her desk that she would not deposit. And she had never explored that mindset. It was un unexamined by her right, right. and you know she sort of discovered it right away and deposited all these checks and and you know she dealt with yeah like my feelings about money have absolutely nothing to do with the reality of money that her feeling about the check had actually gotten created to evidence her money operating system not reality and that hmm. is really a perfect example of a destructive you know, money script or strongly held belief. Um, I have a multimillionaire client who is a widow. And by the way, women who didn't earn the majority of the money that they amass during a marriage and then lose their spouse often have the most fear about their money because if the money goes away, they can't re-earn it. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't they don't have that earning power, haven't built that in their life. And so lots of, lots of tremendous fear and anxiety about money. She even had trouble driving to our appointments. Wow. Um, that, that, that was Poor that thing. much stress. And so we used a system of automation to categorize all of her bills. We put all of her bills... Uh, bills get paid out of one account. I teach this automation system. I actually call it the profit boss automation system. And um, she gets one spending account and it just makes it tremendously clear how much money she can spend in the next two and four weeks and still be in alignment with uh, her plan, have all of her bills paid and not overspend. And she loves this system. She has her bank accounts up on her iPad almost every time I go see her in her home. And, you know, she swears by it. She learned it watching a video of mine that I put out as part of an information product and she came into my office just raving about it. So that's an example of, of how, of um, interacting with the reality of money can transform your emotional experience of money because she says, you know, a lot of her stress and anxiety about money is gone now. Um, Another and that's and that's related to so just a little bit. It's like related to implementing a process to kind of take away the worry, so that you end up with knowing yep. knowing what you can do. Like this is the safe zone. So actually creating more um, structure around it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like creating a plan and a series of decisions, so that you don't have to make decisions in the moment. You've already made them in the past, right. and you know you have one spending account with all the money you can spend in that account, and you still have lots of money, enough money left over in your other accounts that all of your other goals are funded, then you have flexibility, you have freedom, you have choice in the moment rather than vagary and fog, like money fog and and like that. Right. Um, So, and she is a big win story, Um, you know, and there are, there, uh, I had a client who um, is an average earner in Silicon Valley. And as you know, in Silicon Valley, if you're an average earner, you're actually, you experience being pretty broke. (laughs) 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 And she inherited uh, yeah you know i know she inherited enough money such that at the age of 32 when she inherited it if she invested properly she um probably won't have to save much for her retirement okay mm-hmm. so you know kudos on her it's not enough that she could spend it now she needs to invest it and compound it but it also meant that she couldn't spend it right right and she was a mess about it. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. conflicted with the emotions of wanting to steward her family money responsibly, but also wanting to have a nicer apartment and have a nicer car, you know, mm-hmm. normal choices. And over a series of conversations over about a month or so, you know, we really talked about what's the difference between wants and needs, but also right. what's, what is it like to make a choice for today versus tomorrow and right. you know she actually didn't spend a penny of it she invested all of it and you know that she she could have spent a couple thousand dollars I mean she could have gone on vacation she chose not to right. and there have been a couple times she's really come up against it been in my office I want to spend the money I want to spend the money I want to spend the money and but she lets herself be coached right yeah I think <laughs> those are good transformation stories I mean definitely people who would have had alternate outcomes if they didn't um, allow themselves to be to to really go through a process and 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 listen to someone else's wisdom Hmm. And so they, so they were able to kind of help their own. 
become it sounds like what they're doing is becoming aware of the behavior patterns or the the neuroscience behind what they're doing and then providing some structure or coaching or a a mechanism for them to catch themselves before they move into that is that kind of sort mm-hmm. of wh- what these people are doing um mm-hmm. i mean before you uh examine your behaviors around money they just seem like what there is to do someone who had the money operating system money is complicated found mm-hmm. herself in all these weird dealings about money with her friends and family. She would always loan money to people who obviously couldn't pay it back. She was always funding people's businesses. And it just seemed to her like that's what there was to do. When she saw that that was just her money operating system at play, she was able to stop having those weird engagements around money. And she's like, yeah, money actually isn't that complicated. No, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of a, a like we were saying before the show started, you were talking a little bit about money being a reflection of of the the mission of your life or or the that what you're doing is actually what people want and i worked with some nonprofits and there was a sort of um there was like yes they needed money but they also felt that you know it wasn't about the money and we had to kind of work on the messaging around it to sort of say no the no mission no money no money no mission right so you actually it's it's, it's you, you you have to kind of build, build the it in and 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 respect the value it has as an, an important fuel for what you're trying to achieve but not make it all about the money so that that no every time anybody sees you they want to go running because it's you know, you're going to ask for for money for their nonprofit so i think that there's a, this um, kind of creating a healthy relationship of what uh, it means in your life um, and, and not becoming over encumbered or attached. Um but rather empowered. Well, I think that that's really perfect. And what that says to me about the person leading that nonprofit is that they have a conflicted money operating system. Mm -hmm. I mean, what you say when you say it's not, what you're actually saying when you say it's not about the money or it shouldn't be about the money is that there's something wrong with it being about the money. And there isn't. Yeah. Um, And so that person probably finds him or herself conflicted about money. Like, I don't, I need to take some actions right now to have financial financial abundance in my life, but I don't want it to be about the money. And so there's probably a lot of frustration and conflict in that person's life um, about the money when not that it, when sometimes it is about the money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. So, so tell me a little bit about the opposite end where, you know, people really, what is the, 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 you know, some of the people who have created abundance, what is their mindset? What have you learned for some of the wealthiest people who have actually been able to manage this well? Um, let me see. So I think most pointedly is a woman who, when I met her, was working for a local university. She was a support staff and she had dreams of working as an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur. And she just really dug into the technology and the learnings and she right away wanted to empower herself around money. So she started taking more money. She was, uh, she she basically started offering a service as a business owner, even while she was uh, working uh, a full-time employee. And just this year, she quit her full-time job, and now she, her business is clearing multiple six figures. And she right. is just, she's a brand new human being. She dresses differently. She's fully self-expressed. She's vibrant. She's so excited about life. And she experiences herself as powerful. And, you know, her numbers aren't massive. I mean, 
mean, multiple six figures is great, but like, you know, there are businesses out there making tens of millions, right? Mm -hmm. But her experience is like, I have so much flexibility. I have so much abundance. Like she just feel, you could tell in her life, she perceives no ceilings. And, you know, part of that is her personality, but a lot of it is the, the, veracity with which she really dug into the technology and pulled it toward her. And so I'm really proud of her. And I often have her speak at events when I speak publicly, just, uh, you know, kind of as a testimonial because she's so, such a great billboard. (laughs) (laughs) And so she did this through actually embracing it. Is that kind of the mindset that she had was, look, I'm going to structure this and I'm going to treat it like it's part of my life discipline. Or is that what you're kind of alluding to? Or is it more that she really researched it and figured it out and then applied it? Uh, I think she really got excited about the technology. I mean, I think anyone who creates courses or learnings for people has the disappointing experience that people want it, buy it, and then don't do it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. People are so funny. Um, And so, you know, she just really ate it up. I mean, you know, she was, you know, leading discussions in my masterminds and um, just really reporting tremendous results from the beginning. So that's really what I mean is she she made it hers and and interacted with it uh, so that she until she was given by it, you know, she Mm -hmm. learned it so well she could teach it kind of a thing. Right, right, exactly. And so, you know, um, tell us a little bit about some of the, you know, like when you're working with a client, what are some of their aha moments? You know, I love these stories because I think we learn so much from them. So what were some of like, like, oh my gosh, that, that awareness or that little tip or that little thing really catalyzed a change for me? Um. Well, you, you mean sort of little learnings. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, uh, let's see. So there are people doing financial, what I call um, financial, what is it called when you cheat on your spouse? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> financial cheating on your infidelity. spouse? Financial infidelity. <laughs> financial infidelity. So for example, if you um, make purchases and you hide the bags or the items until they oh, get I in the see. house or you yeah, remove yeah. the tags and they're outside the spending plan that you and your spouse agreed to, you know, like not only, first of all, are you sabotaging your own financial plans, but you're also creating this space and this problem in your relationship. And then of course you don't go tell one on yourself. So now there's, you know, dishonesty and all that. And, you know, you think you're getting away with something, but you really aren't like integrity matters. And so, you know, a lot of people go, when they work with me, they go clean stuff like that up or, um, or, you know, we, uh, I often work with women to, to, to show them how to negotiate for a higher salary or how to raise their prices. Um, one big thing is how much, how people deal with cash. Mm. So cash is like this, I don't know what it is about cash, but it's like this secret thing. Like if I take $500 out of my checking account and the transactions never show up on the, you know, on the ledger, then I can do whatever I want with it. And it really doesn't matter. And, you know, but the way I coach people to interact with their checking accounts, you know, that's no longer true like it's if the balance is there you can spend it if it's not it's not and so a lot of people really dramatically alter how they handle cash I keep as the the smallest amount of cash possible as uh, on me as I can Um, and I find that that's kind of a little thing but it is a pattern that people who work with me really really uh, consistently deal with cash in in 
in new ways. Basically, yeah. be a cash minimalist. Right, <laughs> right. Interesting, because you know, I I, I work in the, in San Francisco, and um, a lot of people there don't use cash. And I know there, uh, and I know that there's a lot of people that you know really, you know, they trying to figure out how to make ends meet in a city that's gotten very expensive. So, you know, how do you advise people that are really on that tight budget, you know, that actually are don't use cash, but are potentially, you know, buying lunches every day or, you know, they have, they don't have a car. So they take, uh, you know, Lyft and Uber. I mean, is there, uh, you know, are there advice for sort of that population. And then the the second question is really about the midlife, you know, 50% of marriages end in divorce. And, uh, and a lot of that is often a wealth buster. So, you know, how do you recover from those? And we may need, may need to take the second question after the break. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So stop me if you need to. Um, okay. So on the first question, which is how to make it in an area where the cost of living is super high, is first of all, um, I, I I hate to be a naysayer. No, I'm just going to say this. Yeah, um, go for it. Like, look, if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area and you are in a career where it's not going to be really possible for you to make you know, a very healthy income. Ultimately, you are here as a training ground. You're here to get experience, to really cut your teeth and, 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 and create yourself as someone who can earn a high income elsewhere. The San Francisco Bay Area cost of living is so high that if you aren't able to, you know, put a half million dollar down payment down on a house, then ultimately, um, if you choose financial abundance in your life, that this area is, uh, is, is, may not be the place for you long term. Um, and, 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 you know, you can take that either way, you know, one of two ways, either a, yeah, if I'm going to be a teacher and I want to be happy, I do need to move to a more rural area or, a, a you know, a non-metropolitan area, or you can say, you know what, Hillary, I want to be a high earner. Like I'm going to transform myself and my ability to earn and I'm going to get there. And, you know, either one is fine. Um, there are people out there making, you know, like income is not limited. So, uh, so any one, no matter who you are or where you're starting, you can create technical skills, you know, add skill sets to yourself that allow you to earn a much higher income and, you know, more, more power to you. Right. So, um, and then the second piece to how to make a budget work or how to make a spending plan work is um, really automate your finances. And yeah. I have lots of articles out there. Yeah. I'm going to give my, you know, you website address later in the show. It's just HillaryHenderson.com. But if you Google that and automation or automate your finances, or even I hate budgets, <laughs> um, um, uh, you have got to create a plan for your money. Ultimately, you can afford anything. You just can't afford everything. Yeah, exactly. And for many things, you can have what you want. It's just you have to wait or plan, right? Exactly. Uh, so or save I, for it. And I, and I think that I want people to realize that this is about creating abundance in your life, and there are many ways to do that. And um, please, all the teachers in the Bay Area, don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 this is a great area we need to uh, create support networks and, and means for for teachers and you know those who, who service you know all industries to be able to thrive in the bay area um however if you're creating abundance you need to have your got your you, no rose colored glasses are allowed you need to take your you need to look at it in a in a in a truth way and understand what your plan is and map towards it and i i love that the, the truth and honesty that hillary is conveying to us that hey you got 
to do this. And you, there is a way to make that happen. Use automation and also uh, set up a plan in advance and work through it. So we're going to come back after the break and talk a little bit about other situations and how women can manage through it. Um, we'd love to hear from you. This is Catherine Calarco at, at Humanity Evolve with my guest, Hillary Hindershot. And we will be back right after the break to continue our amazing conversation. Looking to reduce stress, practice mindfulness, or improve performance? Spire is the only breath and activity tracker proven to decrease your stress by measuring and helping you guide your breathing all day. Spire discreetly provides real-time feedback and notifies you when you are breathing tense. Then, it provides training guides to reset your system to a calm or focused state. It tracks your state all day. Spire is recommended by doctors and mental health professionals worldwide. Visit Spire.io or Amazon.com. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is Humanity Evolve with Catherine Calarco. To reach our show today, please call in to 1-866-613-1612. Again, that's 1-866-613-1612. Or you may send an email to info at ccalarco.com. Now, back to Humanity Evolve. Welcome back. This is Catherine Kalarka with Hillary Hindershot, and uh, we were talking about financial freedom and changing your money mindset and making more money now. And the, the wonderful insights we had from the first section was really about how it is possible no matter what state or what situation you are, and that uh, Hillary brings with her not only the financial depth and background, but also the experience of av- navigating this process herself, and then has taken it one level further in terms of uh, behavior change, neuroscience and really taking the insights from the wealthy people as well as from how our brains work to change our relationship with money and help people build abundance and reduce their stress around money. And just before the break, we were talking about stories associated with you know how to live on a budget and how to really set a foundation for uh, the future and really the decisions that you need to do. Um, and, and, in, and building on to that, there are life events that occur. You know, there could be either, you know, the loss of a house or there could be a divorce or financial impacts that occur. And one of the, we were talking recently about how some people called uh, divorces wealth busters, but in fact, 50% of marriages end up in divorce. So where, how do, how do women in those scenarios, you know, how have you counseled them or coached them through that process? So the number one mistake that women make when getting out of a marriage is to be insistent on holding on to the marital home, despite the fact that they can't afford it. Uh And, you know, I I get how emotional that can be. And the truth is you have a new financial ecosystem 
and you're taking one household and splitting it into two. And, you know, in the state of California, there are formulas to determine how spousal support happens. And if you make more than him, you'll owe him money. And if he makes more than you, he'll owe you money. Um, and but we, but especially if there are kids involved, you know, moms want to say, you know, I'm keeping the house. I want some consistency and yet haven't done the math around what is that house payment going to do to my new spending plan. And so um, at some point now, divorces take a really long time. So <laughs> you have, you have time, uh, you know, you need to arm yourself with a team of financial professionals to support you a tax, maybe an attorney and a financial advisor, sit down and really look at the numbers and create a new plan. And uh, this can be, you know, this violates the whole ostrich syndrome phenomenon that you and I were talking about earlier, but mm. it really does have to be done. And you looking at the numbers doesn't change what they are. They're the same, whether <laughs> you look at them or not, right? right. Um, and the, the vagary and unsured, unsured and confusion is only going to disempower you long term. So I think also um, some people make the mistake, although I don't know, maybe just as I evolve as a human, maybe I'm less aware of people who do really emotional, like horrible things as they're getting out of a marriage. But, you know, divorce can be a really hard time. And so making choices out of a desire to get revenge or yeah. to, you know, ruin his life or, you know, things like this, like making emotional choices like that, yeah. that, that ultimately destroy both parties um, is just, is it's, I know, believe me, I, I <laughs> am fundamentally, I came out of the womb as, you know, n nasty as the next person, but I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I know the impacts when I act on that urge, I know how life goes. And I'm just, I've chosen a different kind of life at this point. So I urge you to, um, you know, write a novel about how you want to get back at him. Like, <laughs> do it up. Channel it in a positive way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you really egalitarian choice in real life. Yeah, I think there is a, there is a, uh, and it's hard to do this, and that's why you need the support of, of people who have your back, is really to, to take the higher road and say, what is, is this worth my life energy? And yes, you feel like, wow, I've lost this and I've lost that and I could have fought for all this. But in a way, it's like, well, my life needs to move forward too. And so therefore, if you stay in the struggle, what is the struggle giving you? And it, and it's, I think it is, there are, there are ways of making it work and, uh, and finding ways to communicate to actually create a positive outcome. And I, and I also think you're really true about this the sense of just look at it realistically and, and look at the numbers and really understand what it is you want and how you can do it. So once you go through those kind of situations, now you're at a point where you can actually build from that. And so, you know, in some of your podcasts, you talk a bit about, you know, creating your own wealth mastermind or how to upgrade your money operating system. Can you like, how, how do people fundamentally, you know, move into that? Um, you know, we, we talked a bit about examples, but in terms of actually building wealth, like I, you told a few stories about how they started. How, how, how can you now, when you're in a new situation where you've got a bit of a nest egg, now how can you actually build that? You know, how can you take that and convert it into more? Well, I'm glad that you asked about that because I realized the one thing we haven't talked about 
in this interview yet is the power of compound returns. And that really means investing. And a lot of people talk about passive income. And the only true, true passive income is income that you can generate without doing any work. And that comes from a diversified stock market investment portfolio. And I spend a lot of time talking with women, like designing a conversation that bridges the gap. Because for so many people, it's not an interesting conversation. And until now, it's been very male dominated. And so they disengage and and unfortunately don't participate. And frankly, I'm really not interested in the conversation about the formulation of, for example, antibiotics that might save my life. However, when they get prescribed to me, I take them. Right. (laughs) So, um, so, uh, you know, the, the stock market, and I realize this might feel like a sharp left turn in the conversation, but I'm really glad you brought it up because the stock market has been the single greatest wealth generator in the history of humankind. And we don't relate to it like that. And so Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like this evangelist for find a way to participate in this tremendous wealth creator that's available to you in a way that works for you, like either, you know, create a way for you to do it yourself or outsource it. You can delegate it. That's what I'm here for. Um, But turn your hard-won savings into a fortune. By the way, um, uh, the math says that a diversified, globally diversified, low-cost stock market portfolio should approximately double every eight years. That's obviously not a promise or a guarantee, but let's just make that real. If you save $200,000 in eight years, it's worth four. In 16 years, it's worth eight. In uh, 24 years, it's worth uh, $1.6 million. Okay, so you turn $200,000 into $1.6 million just by waiting. That's, right. you know, literally passive wealth if you do right. it right. And, um, and you know, your investing timeline is the rest of your life because your wealth has to outlive you. And so if you're thinking, oh, Hillary, I only have till the day I retire, au contraire, <laughs> because, you know, most retirements are 30 and 35 years. You have a very long time horizon, probably, unless you have some health thing going on or some, you know, uh, pre-existing condition or something in your family. But most of us will live, you know, thanks to the miracles of modern science, will live a very long time. And so get connected with an investing philosophy that works for you. Find someone that you can trust and work with, build a rapport and create a very, very valuable relationship that will, um, in my opinion, fund your dreams for years, years to come. Yeah, and it's, and and also find someone that you trust to be able to hand you know at, at, to curate your funds, right? And I, and it's you know the despite the 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 dip and things that happened around two thousand and eight, there's still viability and there's still wealth being generated from the stock market and wonderful companies to participate in. And you you know I remember when I was investing in the nineties and my grandfather would uh, said well you know buy Merck stock and I just re- remembered him saying that at the time and. 
and I did, and it doubled, and it gave me enough money to put down payment on my house. You know, so so I was kudos like, oh. to you. And I said to my grandmother, I said, "Hey, Grandpa, did you know that this actually did this for that?" And, she, and he goes, "What? I don't even remember telling you that." You know, <laughs> and and it's like I don't know why I just had this sort of sense, and I looked at the numbers, and and I don't know. I'm not I, I, advocating people do that now, but I'm just saying that that you can successfully navigate yourself through that. And I'm now at a point today where I want to start looking at that. And um, the other the other wealth builder is real estate or creating assets, right? And and the, um, there are areas that have doubled and tripled in value. Um, and, and so talk a little bit about, as a portfolio, the, the essence of creating assets or, or investment in real estate. Yeah, so um, really good. And a lot of people really love real estate. I'll tell you in the San Francisco, so uh, so there's there, the number one rule in investing is buy low and sell high. Okay. <laughs> yes. The number two rule is diversify, diversify, diversify. Okay. You don't want all your eggs in one basket. basket You've heard right. that many times before. So at this point, most of the real estate I see on the horizon is so high cost that most people can barely afford one. Right. Alone, like the minimum number to achieve what finance experts would consider diversification is 30. So, wow. at the bottom of the housing crisis, Warren Buffett said, If I could right now, I would go buy million. Well, he's actually said thousands, thousands yeah. of single family homes. Right now, a lot of people took that statement and went and bought one single family home. But here's the problem is that that's now not a diversified portfolio. Actually, real estate is a very unforgiving asset class. Um, and and you are subject to the whims and whimsies of that one single neighborhood. So the ways, in my opinion, the ways that make sense to get involved in the real estate market in a diversified way is to get involved in the more sort of commercial and mixed use properties that are higher profit. By the way, um, the expected return from a piece of residential real estate is only about four or five percent per year, whereas the stock market portfolio is more like eight or nine or sometimes 10 percent a year. Mm. Um, and so the ways to get involved in real estate are to use low cost, what are called REITs, real estate investment trusts, right. are publicly traded right. funds of real estate. And in that way, turn what can be a very high maintenance, unforgiving, uh, illiquid asset into, um, uh, into something that is truly a passive wealth generator because you have managers that are managing the properties for you, which is right. key. And then you end up with these big commercial commercial buildings with, um, you know, these long-term, really successful corporate tenants versus you owning, you know, a three-bedroom house in the neighborhood right. and having to find your own tenants on Craigslist. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, today we're, we only got a few minutes left in the show and I wanted to close out, you know, you shared a huge amount of uh, wealth of knowledge with us today. And really, I, I challenge all of us to change your mindset, look for where you can create more abundance and discipline. And Hillary, how can people stay in touch with you and continue this conversation? Well, if you are interested in the dialogue that we've been having today, I would love to have you check out my podcast. It's your Wealth Mastermind. It's called Profit Boss Radio, and you can access Profit Boss Radio anywhere you find your podcasts. And if you would like a free copy of a, a workbook, ebook 
called Mind Over Money that will help you really distinguish what is your money operating system. We talked about that earlier today. You can find that on my homepage, which is HillaryHendershot.com. And Hillary has one L and Hendershot is phonetic and it has two T's. So HillaryHendershot.com. <laughs> Just check it out and you can exactly. opt in right there. Yeah, And then you'll get a, a weekly email from me that'll tell you all about what you need to know about the financial world. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Hillary. I think all of us benefited from a, a, a touch-up or a reframing or a, a way to change our mindsets to create more abundance. I really thank you for your honesty, your insights, and your wisdom and sharing it for women to sh- who can, shoulder-to-shoulder, create more abundance and less stress around money in their life. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate it. Everyone go out there and make it an awesome day and do one thing that we've talked about today to make your life better and less stressful. Thank you so much, Hillary. Thank you. We'll see you next week. This is Catherine Calarco and Hillary Hendershot on Humanity Evolve. Thank you for joining Catherine Calarco for this week's edition of Humanity Evolve. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk again then. 